Fitness is your ability to cope with and recover from stress. And the best way to level up both your mental and your physical fitness is by making small but powerful changes to your daily habits and routines. With this podcast, I aim to bring you a combination of short educational solo casts and slightly longer conversations I've had with a wide variety of fascinating people. The goal? To help you develop a lifestyle which supports your mental and physical fitness and improves your overall quality of life. My name is Jay Unwin. Welcome to FitBody FitMind. Thanks for joining us again on Fit Body Fit Mind, and today I've got a really good friend of mine, Emily Sims, who is a massage uh, a massage therapist, a yoga instructor, and a trainee yoga therapist as well. Emily, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you, Jay. How's uh, how's business been for you over the past uh, over the past couple of weeks? Because obviously it's been all change around here. It's been absolutely crazy. We um, came out of lockdown, and it's just been nonstop. So. It's kind of nice to have the break now again, but not at the same time. <laughs> yeah, we were just getting back into the swing of it, right? Yeah, literally. But um, I need a massage now. <laughs> do you think that? Do you think that people were maybe after the first long lockdown that we had were a bit more aware of the stuff that they'd missed before, like the kind of things perhaps going out for massage and stuff like that was was something they took for granted a little bit, and maybe they were trying to squeeze that in. Definitely. And I think that um, the lockdown made people realise um, a lot more how important self-care is. So, um, I mean, I was busy before the lockdown, but even crazier going back, you know, new clients as well that that really do see the benefits of massage for the body and the mind. Sure. And what? so like what kind of benefits then? List them off for us. Why, why should people get massages? Well, for the body, um, it's good for the aches and pains. I get a lot of clients that come to me uh, for pain management. Um, And for the mind, you know, I don't know if you've had a massage yourself, Jay. You've not come to me, have you? But I have had I've had a I've had a couple of massages in my entire life. I haven't had many at all, but it's something which is I'm so aware of how good it is. You know, you literally feel like you've had the weight of the world lifted off your shoulders after a massage. Yeah, you can approach you can approach things completely differently yeah it's yeah it's just so beneficial i had i remember i had a i had a sports massage years back um when they it was it was like a well-being show at south devon college and some of the sports massage people were doing like free tasters and so i went and had a sports massage there and it really sort of i was having a lot of problems with my shoulder at the time and even mm. just having that one sports massage really helped uh kind of loosen things up and get a bit of mobility back and then earlier was it earlier this year I think it was earlier this year so um kind of towards the beginning of 2020 uh went away to a spa for for just for a night and had a treatment there and it was a massage it was like a neck and neck back and shoulder massage so not a sports massage but a a kind of massage Mm. treatment and that was just I just felt so chilled afterwards it was amazing it's therapeutic it's the power of touch isn't it it is it is and I think that's something that we've again if we're talking about how people are maybe more switched on to things they were taking for granted before physical contact i mean even in a non-massage sense we're so used to just physical contact in our daily lives with with our friends and then suddenly this year you're not allowed to touch people you're not allowed to like hug people you can't hug anyone i love a good hug and 
now you just stand there awkwardly as you see someone, don't you? Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> it's it's something which was completely, you know, wasn't even on our radar consciously before um, because physical touch, we've evolved to use that as a kind of means of communication in a lot of ways, haven't we? I mean, it's mm. part of our, our way of communicating with our tribe, if you like, and we've just had it turned off completely. Mm. Mm. So do you think that do you think that um that's something which uh which people have had um or maybe has has spurred people on to having massage in that interim when they were able to before we went into this second lockdown because they missed human physical contact as well? Um maybe Again, a lot of my clients come to me for pain management, but they, they do come for the therapeutic side of things as well. It's their time. Yeah. It's their time to switch off from the busy world and the craziness that they live in Yeah, and just have that hour and a bit to themselves of, of peace and, yeah, the touch, I suppose. It's, yeah. Does the um, does the the kind of downtime part of it, do you think, help with the pain management as well as the, the physical aspect? Yeah, I guess so. Um, I mean, to sit in silence rather than on your phone or yeah. the TV go in or something like that, it's, yeah, it, it calms everything down, doesn't it? Because we're constantly overstimulated, aren't we? With mm-hmm. phones and other yeah. kind of data and screens and our brains aren't geared up to cope with that sheer amount of, of information going in every second of every day. So having that time to switch off and recover. Have a little break. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Does does do you find the same kind of thing with with yoga as well? Because obviously, I love yoga. I've done a fair bit of yoga here and there. I'm by no means an expert in it at all, but it's something that I just enjoy so much. And it it I always find that I get a very similar effect in that kind of almost switching off or or switching into a different plane, if you like. I'm not in that usual kind of absorbing information, working, mm. thinking, problem solving. Mm-hmm. I'm more concerned with what's happening. It's almost like mindfulness, right? But and, it is. Yoga yeah. is mindfulness, isn't it? And, yeah. and you know, I think a lot of people get confused with uh, when you talk about yoga, they, they automatically think of getting into handstands and headstands and all these crazy positions. Sure. But yoga is, for me, you know, sitting there and breathing, doing some pranayama for a few minutes or five, ten minutes, doing some meditation or being mindful in the things I do through the daytime. That's all yoga. Being sure. mindful about what you eat, stuff like that. It's all... It, it's all it all comes together and yeah to just taking a break out um to to just sit and and breathe that's exactly what i need every day so do you find that like yoga is more of a rather than just a just a practice that you do at a certain time of day it's more of a kind of full lifestyle thing for sure i think before when i first started it used to be about the movement the yeah. poses um but as I've got older and I've, you know, learnt more through the years, it's it's more about how I live and how um, it's changed my life and the, the way I live, I suppose. And no matter what, I always come back to it. So um, maybe I don't do my practice for a week, um, but if I ever have a stressful moment in my life or, or a time, I will always come back to that. Like Friday, I felt really anxious and stressed. Yeah. I did an hour's yoga, 10 minutes uh, meditation and some pranayama yeah. and I was back to myself. And pranayama is the breathing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can you can switch from your fight and flight side of your nervous system to your calm and controlled with just four to five minutes of pranayama. Okay. Yeah, because there's like, there's, is it eight different limbs of yoga that there are? 
Mm, yeah, you could go really deep into all of this. Yeah. You'll have to come and meet up one day, Jay. Yeah. We'll go through it all. Absolutely, I'd love to. I, it's, I was actually looking at books the other day um, on on yoga specifically because it's something that fascinates me because it's something that's, uh, you know, from a from a cultural and spiritual and historic perspective, it's something that is so much more than what we kind of understand it to be. Um, from a kind of fitness perspective, right? Because it's become, mm. a f- in, in the West, it's become a fitness thing. It's become stretching. It's become it's mobility. It's become something crazy. I saw someone advertising boxing yoga. I mean, what is that? Yeah, it's I'm not just, sure that that was so part of the original. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand it. But there's so much to learn. And, yeah. and I don't think anyone ever really knows the full amount. My teacher that teaches me, she's still she's still learning. We're all still learning. Yeah, I think that's, I, I think that's the best approach to have with almost anything really is to understand that you're always going to still be a student there's so much um within the fitness industry where people are um you know there's a lot of ego i find in the fitness yeah. industry oh yeah yeah a lot and it I can imagine, be quite off-putting <laughs> yeah i imagine that it's it it can be the same within yoga from a fitness perspective because um again i think if it's if it's if people come into it from just a fitness background and they're and they're teaching it just from a fitness perspective then i mean i don't know is it is there still is it still susceptible to that yoga uh, to that ego stuff from from uh from the yoga instructors or is that not really a problem what do you mean so Sorry. in 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 the fitness industry um obviously there's a there's a lot of ego there's a lot of kind of posturing and stuff like that in a kind of trying to trying to show that you're awesome at something mm. um and there's a lot of personal trainers and a lot of fitness instructors who are who get a bit caught up with what they can do rather than with what they're helping their clients do. And I'm wondering whether, depending on the motivations of the yoga instructor, whether it's from whether they've just added on yoga onto all their other fitness stuff that they do, whether there's a bit of ego, a bit of showing off, and maybe they're it's they're not kind of showing the full picture, if that makes sense. Is is that something which has come up ever? Um, maybe, but maybe that's a path that that yoga teacher is on themselves, you know, it's yeah, um, true. And, you know, people do things sometimes, uh, maybe they're doing certain yogas because they're more about the business side of things. So that's yep. how they, you know, like the fitness yoga and stuff. Um, yep. that's, that's a big moneymaker, isn't it? A lot of people like to do the fitness thing yep. and then the stretching of the yoga. Um, yeah, it's all different. And then people are in it for different reasons. Like I got into, um, teaching my yoga because of the benefits that it had on my health so i and and my mental health not just my physical um and that's what i like to help people with their their mental health you know so that's where my passion comes from so what what benefits did you get when how did how did you first start doing yoga in the first place what kind of switched you onto it as a you know in terms of your own practice i got really ill um with fibromyalgia yeah um and then with fibromyalgia came um depression anxiety or did the did the depression and anxiety come first and then the fibromyalgia yeah, yeah, yeah. just don't know um but i got really really ill so um i couldn't go to the gym anymore i lost a lot of weight um i mean the i lost so much weight i couldn't even sit on the ground properly i was just skin and bone it was awful um but then that helped me the, that really helped helped me to get better and and learn about myself that's one thing yoga is good for. It's like a, a journey of self-discovery. Um, and yeah, so that helped me and it helped me with my mental health. Like I said, I'll always come back to um, my meditation and my pranayama every time. 
I'm not feeling 100% mentally and I know how much it helps other people. I've gone and um, taught, guided some yoga and mindfulness in uh, HMP Dartmoor and yeah. um, Langdon Hospital, which is for um, people with mental health conditions. And to see the benefits, it's just unbelievable. Do you need to do a full kind of hour long session to get those benefits? No, no, you don't. You don't. I mean, you could do yoga nidra. That could be half an hour, 45 minutes. Yeah. And that's not even physical. You could just lay there, Jay, and I'll talk you to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is for, for those for those people listening who don't um, who don't who haven't heard my kind of side of things with in terms of fibromyalgia as well, because obviously we've chatted about this um, it, kind of recently as well. I got diagnosed with the same last month. So it's very new to me, although the symptoms have been going on for years. But yeah. this year has been a huge adjustment for me in terms of what I can and can't do. And yoga, I've done a bit of yoga this year because I'm unable to do the stuff that I used to do. I used to do really high impact training. I used to do, oh, yeah, lots of kind of metabolic conditioning work, strength training, um, stuff which looks a bit like the kind of stuff that you might see in CrossFit. Uh, without the kind of competitive edge if you like and I love that kind of training but this this year I'm just completely unable to do it it's not good for fibromyalgia so no. with fibromyalgia you want to stay in your um, calm and controlled side of your nervous system not your you know your yeah, your fight adrenaline in, flight and adrenaline yeah. pump inside you you don't want that you want to try and stay calm so um, yeah some nice chilled yoga would would be the best for you what I found as well, and this might be, someone might be listening to this thinking that even 30 minutes, 45 minutes seems like a big chunk of, of their day with everything else they've got going on that they want to fit in. And something mm. I found is even just doing 10, 15 minutes of um, of movement or five minutes of breathing or things like that have just allowed me to kind of get a bit more I guess, re relieve a bit of the stiffness, re relieve a bit of the pain, but also bring me back a bit, centre myself a little bit throughout my work day. Mm. Um, is that something that anyone that you've worked with has has found beneficial or is it something that you found beneficial just to do these yeah. kind of little, almost snacks of movement or breathing throughout Mindful the day? movement, yeah. yeah. You don't need to do a whole hour session. And I would suggest for anyone with fibromyalgia to um, try not to hold the poses for too long, but be a bit more, bring a bit more f uh, fluidity to it. Okay. So your yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Try to do that. Yeah, yeah. That's actually something which I found myself doing automatically. Compared you, to because you're listening to your body, yeah, your body is yeah. naturally doing it. Yeah, I th I'm I'm lucky in that sense because I have got that. I've got you know years of of movement under my belt in terms of um, other bits and pieces I've done, and and so I I kind of have have tuned in a lot more than I was in the past. Mm. Um, but I think it can if we have that conscious listening to our bodies, which doesn't have to be, you know, years of practice, we can start taking a bit more consideration of, of how we move and how our body's feeling when we're doing it. Because at the end of the day, those kind of feedback loops, that sensory feedback loop of this feels okay, this doesn't feel okay, what's going on here, is all there to keep us kind of safe and keep us, you know, yeah. moving correctly, right? And so yeah. if we tune into that a little bit more, um, yeah, what I found was when I've done yoga in the past is that, I might be holding a pose for, you know, 15, 20, 30 seconds or whatever. And you start shaking. Yeah, no, absolutely. And what <laughs> I wanted before is I wanted that, right? I wanted mm. that kind of, that physical challenge where I can feel the burn in my shoulders or in my core or whatever. 
Whereas now I'm actively trying to reduce to the burn. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because uh, as you know, the payback isn't very nice from fibromyalgia, is it? No, no, no. <laughs> and you don't always know straight away that uh, that there's... Um, you don't, you don't know what price you're going to pay straight away, do you? You don't. I'd say it's a couple it, of days. Yeah, a couple of days exactly. after. Yeah, exactly. Boom. So, like, I've <laughs> <laughs> I found that in the past, I can I can scale back what I'm doing during a workout so that um, if I feel like it's a bit too much. But yeah, now I don't know whether it's going to be too much or not. But I, it's 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 a strange one. It's a strange one. I'm still finding my feet with it. You will, and it's it, it will take you a while, Jay. It's um. And you go through stages, you know. I think yeah. uh, it's like the stages of grief yes, <laughs> when you yeah. get it because your life completely changes. The life, for me anyway, because I was near enough on the sofa and in, in bed for about a year or two. Um, so you, the life that you once had, you're not going to have again, but no. you can build a better life. You can yes. build a happier life and a better life and a healthier life. That's yeah. how you've got to look at it. Don't become a victim of the misery and just dwell in it you know, dwell on it for a little bit and then get back up and live your life. You've got what one life. What you say life. about grief is, is is absolutely right because grief is grief is the process we go through when we lose something. And we always assume that, or when we talk about grief, the assumption is always to do with losing a loved one, right? Because that tends to be the context in which we discuss it more mm. often than anything else. But if we lose our job or we uh, lose a relationship or a friend or like you said, if we lose our health or our physical capacity to do something, there is that process of grief. And the stages of grief are the same, no matter what it is you've lost, whether it is a loved one or whether it is your health or whatever. And that's first off denial. Mm. And you just go, no, not accepting that. Fight against it. Exactly. <laughs> and, and I've been through that bit, believe me, more than once. Um, and then the next stage is anger. And the next stage is depression. And then the final stage is acceptance. Now, mm. you can get stuck in any of those stages or you can kind of cycle between those first two or first three mm -hmm. of denial, anger and depression. And hate and, everyone and the world yeah, around you. Yeah. yeah. Blaming whatever mm. you can possibly think of. Um, and... It's very difficult when it's something that's outside your control because we love uh, we love taking control of things humans do. They love to think that they're in control of stuff. But with certain things, you really aren't. With In fact, with most things in life, you just aren't in control of. Mm. But what you've said is what you are in control of is how you respond to it, is how you come back from it, mm -hmm. how you process through the grief, allow yourself the denial, allow yourself to be angry because it's okay to be angry about stuff, yeah. right? Allow yourself to be low and depressed and upset because you've lost something. That's a normal way to feel. You don't have to avoid these emotions. And to be honest, if you do try and avoid them, it makes them worse anyway. Mm. And then once you finally get to the acceptance stage and you realise that, okay, this thing has happened, you can temper that acceptance. It doesn't have to be acceptance of, right, this is it. I can't do anything now. That Not that kind of acceptance. But go, right, this is what I've got. This is the this is the hand I've been dealt. How am I going to play that hand? Yeah. Yeah. And it's exactly right. But it yeah. is. It's the loss of control. I think that um, the loss of power. You know, you could. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, I think that's one of the hardest things to to deal with, isn't it? And everyone else is living their life, and yeah. yours is completely changed. But yeah. something good can come of it. Absolutely. You can then lead a. A healthier and happier and better life yeah yeah and it's it's depending on what it is that someone's what, what challenge it is that someone's facing 
uh, it's different from person to person, right? So even with something, even if it's the same condition, even if it was, you know, your fibromyalgia is going to be different from mine, mm. uh, and that's going to be different from someone else's who's going to who who might be listening, or it might be a completely different condition, and. Just because you can't do so, and this is something I found as well over the years, because although I've only had a diagnosis recently, this has been going on for mm. a long time, but it's been on and off. So I've had periods of six months where I haven't been able to do anything or periods of a year or periods of three months and it varies, but then I have periods where I'm able to do a lot more. So mm. there's that's kind how of- it works. You have yeah. dips and then you have ups and yeah. a lot of people end up wearing themselves out and then they have a major dip again. Yes. And- but it's learning, it's, it's, it's learning the pattern and the cycle and, and knowing not to do too much or it's all a big learning curve, you know, and it's learning your triggers, yep. what foods aren't good. I mean, a massive, um, a massive, massive thing for me was a cutting out meat yeah. and dairy. That yeah. was a really big thing for me. Um, my gut health, and I don't know about you, but our gut health is really, really important. It's our second brain. Yep. And if my tummy is in pieces, then so is my head. Yep. And then that will automatically affect my body. Yeah, absolutely. And with with, um, with fibro, obviously, that has a link with, mm-hmm. with the gut anyway. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's, there's often people who will have some kind of gastrointestinal distress as a yeah. result of having fibro. And so yeah. keeping that in check is, is vital. But yeah, absolutely. I think that there's a huge, I think it's one of the biggest areas of research at the moment is gut health. The gut. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I suffered um, at my worst with the fibro. I had such bad um, IBS, irritable yeah. bowel syndrome, that they was actually testing me for um, irritable bowel disease. It was yeah. that bad. Yeah. Um, it was awful. I was having to drink milkshakes for a straw I was that bad it was it wasn't nice um but yeah cutting cutting the meat out cutting the dairy out I haven't suffered with IBS in in a couple of years now absolutely that's that's fantastic to hear and and I think that again different people will have different triggers and to be able to find what it is that's causing that that Mm. um upset within your system uh, whether it is in terms of gastrointestinal or whether it's in terms of other flare-ups and things like that. So people might ha- find that they've got uh, other chronic autoimmune conditions which mm. are flared up by eating certain things, whether it's arthritis or psoriasis. or It's all whatever. inflammation in the body, isn't it? It so is, it is. keep and, the inflammation down. And the general thing about keeping that inflammation down is, you know, eating a wide variety of fresh fruit and vegetables, drinking enough water, getting enough rest, moving, you know, all of this. Out. Yeah. yeah <laughs> making sure that the the basics are covered. Once the basics are covered, then you can drill down and go, right, what are there certain things which are specifically triggering these things for me? And it's yeah. a bit of a playing detective thing, isn't it? Because if someone says this is what it is and it is this like let's say someone said it was Gluten, for example, because lots of people talk about gluten sensitivities and intolerances and allergies and stuff like that. The jury's still out on gluten in terms of having a sensitivity to it. Gluten allergy of celiac disease is is well documented. That's completely proven. But there's a lot of people out there who'll go, yeah, gluten is the is the root of all evil in terms of your body. But it depends on the person. It depends on the body. For some mm-hmm. people, if they're cutting out those kinds of things out of their diet, they might feel like something's improved if that's the case and it's sustainable go for it Mm. but it's something that i've tried i've cut out things like bread and pasta and stuff out my diet made no difference to how i felt so i brought it back in and i was fine Mm. (laughs) so it's really it's really that 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 personal discovery i found yeah for sure definitely and do you think that so do you think that massage can play i mean you talk about massage being a great treatment for kind of for pain and things like that have you found that it's been beneficial for the pain that you've that you're dealing with yeah, I have a massage um, every other week. And if I don't have a massage, then I really feel it. 
Okay. I mean, I, I have a massage because my job is so physically demanding. Sure. So I need I need it anyway. But for um, for the fibromyalgia, I mean, when I went for the first massage, it was awful. Like I thought I was dying for days after. <laughs> it was really really bad. Yeah. Um, so I think the first couple of times, but then after I started going regularly and my massage therapist is amazing, yep. um, I wouldn't go anywhere else. Uh, and yeah, I just, I feel so good for, for it. If I don't go, my body screams at me. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it, it's, it's, once it adjusted, it's that release of that kind of that pain. Yeah. And, that and I try to imagine, um, you know, I always say to people when they first come for a massage, you might hurt tomorrow and yep. you might feel like you've got cold like symptoms the next day sure. um, because of all the toxins that are yep. going to be getting removed from the body. So you've got to drink plenty of water to help your body to flush it out. It stirs um, everything up, doesn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, imagine if you've not had a massage your whole life or for yeah. years. Yeah. Imagine all of that coming out of you. You're going to be feeling some kind of upset in your body, aren't you? Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. So I just you're just helping everything to flow properly, really. Yeah. Yeah, there's, it's, it's a bit like a snow globe. When you go for a massage, it's like you've had it shaken up and that all yeah. that stuff that was kind of it was there but it was settled it's been stirred up and it's about to get put through the filter and you need to be ready for that right and then as you go more regularly there's less of it that gets stirred up because you're having it done regularly yeah yeah you know, oh, it's just amazing and then yeah for the mind um most of the time I just want to come out and go to sleep but yeah. <laughs> it's just it's brilliant it really is I mean if you don't get a massage just go and do it try it once how many times do you think, like, if someone was going to have um, maximum benefit from having a regular massage, would you say once a month, once a fortnight, once a week, every day? What, what would you say is, like, the optimal? I think it depends on the person. It depends on uh, what why they're coming, and it depends on their job. Like, for me, being a massage therapist, um, it's a physically demanding job. Yeah. Um, or, you, you know, it depends what it is. If you've got people, someone suffering really badly with their back, I might want to get them in uh, once a week or once every other week, get on top of it and then maintain it. Or maybe it's just something, uh, you know, the person just wants it for the therapeutic approach, then maybe just once a month. Yeah. And it gives that person something to look forward to as well. That's their yeah. little thing to look forward to. I mean, I know I do. Two days before my appointment, my, well, my body's saying, oh God. And my mind's saying, yes, two more sleeps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's that downtime again. Like you said, it's that, it's that, It. I mean, I don't, I don't think escapism as a uh, coping mechanism for everyday life is necessarily a a great thing to rely on long term but we all need a bit of escape from time to time it's why we you know go and watch a movie and stuff like that it allows yeah. us to switch off from reality because reality can be really challenging yeah. right and it's a bit of self-love and self-care for yourself yeah. as well isn't it it is it is and self-love a lot of people think about self-care as being and this is something which has come up in so many conversations I've had either on podcasts or videos I've done for other people or just in conversations in everyday life. Self-care has got this reputation for being one big thing. So you've you've ha you've hammered yourself for like six months or a year or a couple of years and then you go right i need i need a break i need to go on holiday for a week or i need to go for a spa weekend or something like that and it ends up being like this you think that's going to fix it but self-care is a, is a habit it's a routine and whether it's mm. a little thing that you do every day like five minutes of breathing before you start work 
or a little meditation before you go to sleep. Or soak or, in the bath with some Epsom salts. Exactly. It's stuff, it's these little habits, or whether it's a, a massage once a week or once a month, whatever. It's these routines that we do on a regular basis, which allow us to reduce that risk of reaching burnout in the first place rather than reaching burnout and then having to try and claw it back it's about the prevention right mm. it's about giving our body treating our body the way it deserves to be treated right mm-hmm. yeah for sure you were saying uh, just before we started recording you were talking about um, yoga therapy so obviously you already teach yoga um, how, how long have you been teaching yoga by the way um Oh, I think I qualified two years ago this month. Awesome. Time Ooh. for a celebration. Um, Where and- are we going? <laughs> <laughs> Nowhere. Everything's closed. Um, so with that, how, you, you know, you, you're saying that you're still learning. Obviously, you will be for obviously the rest of your life. I mean, it's a, it's a lifelong pursuit. But you're talking about getting qualified in yoga therapy. What? Explain to me a bit about what that means. So yoga therapy um, will be a bit more in-depth. So I'll be able to um, help people more with uh, specific illnesses. Okay. So um, Like what kind of thing? Oh, lots of stuff. I mean, I already deal with, um, you know, some of my clients have, have had a stroke or mental health issues, lots of stuff like that. But this will be more, um, I'll be able to do uh, consultations on people's doshas. So like... Oh, it's just so complex, Jay. We could go into this for ages, but <laughs> I'll be able to tell people, uh, work with people by their body types, um, be able to help them with foods that will help with, with certain illnesses, um, just lots of stuff. It will be more in depth. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's really, I'm still studying. So I've, I've got, I start next week again on the rest of the course. I should yeah. have been in Spain with my teacher, but covid put a spanner in the works on that but um yeah just so much more stuff we're going more in depth than the training that i did the other year fantastic well it sounds Mm. sounds exciting um what's the in terms of links between the the yoga side of things and the massage do you have clients that you do both with uh is it are they very distinct separate parts of your your business and what you offer or are they are they quite closely linked well, I just did a course, um, a six-week course uh, of Yoga Nidra, and actually a lot of um, the people that came on the course were clients that came for massage. Oh, wow. Mm. So, so you I think, think that the, they... the mindfulness goes hand in hand, doesn't it? I imagine it does. And I think that as well, the people who people who have made the decision that regular massage is going to be a part of their lifestyle are open to doing things for their self-care because they've proven that by you know having regular massage so perhaps they're more open to to trying these things which you're offering and because you're you know you're already in a position of uh of of trust within their self-care routine right that you're someone whose advice they value when you say hey look try this because it, it it's it's really great for you they trust you right yeah, and I think that they liked this um, this type of yoga because it is so therapeutic, it is so relaxing. It's not holding a tree for a few minutes or, like I said before, balancing on, yeah. your, on your head or something. The benefits of Yoga Nidra are just amazing for the mind and the body. So what's um, the, what are the main differences between, between that and the yoga that people are more used to? So Yoga Nidra is... Um, 
it was about 40, 45 minute class. Yeah. So I talk you through a really in-depth um, guided body scan um, and then a bit of a guided, well, I say objects for you to, to visualize, but you go into, some people fall asleep. So okay. you hear some people snoring. Yeah, um, I've done but, that in yoga before. <laughs> it's the best bit at the end, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, but you can go into a trance-like state. So you're neither awake nor asleep. Um, and you're asked to repeat a sankalpa a few times throughout the practice. And yeah. this could be um, something that you really want to ingrain on yourself. So when I first started, mine was, I am enough. Right. So you would repeat that a few times when you're asked to. Um, and the hope is that by the end of the course, um, you know, it's you feel it. You actually feel that you are enough or whatever it is that you've um, you've set out for yourself. So through that kind of focus and concentration on that particular um, feeling or phrase that it mm. kind of gradually cements it. Yeah. And you're you're giving your brain a break. Yeah. You're, you're giving your brain such a break that you can you can come out of it feeling quite dazed yeah. so we normally have a, a cup of chamomile tea or something after yeah um and then they go off and yeah you know a few people have messaged or come back in and said that they really feel like they've started on a sort of journey of self-discovery after it that's awesome that's really great mm. to hear. so if there was someone you know if there was someone listening to this who was feeling overwhelmed and kind of stressed out and a bit tied up with that everyday life stuff. And, you know, this year's been been harsh on a lot of people and they've they've had a lot to adjust to. And they feel like they need to not escape, but just give themselves some time and give themselves a bit of a break and give themselves some self-care and relaxation. What would you say if if you if you wanted to give them a couple of pieces of advice of where to start um, without it being too kind of scary and overwhelming? What would you what would you recommend they do? I would say firstly not to put too much pressure on yourself. I think sometimes we we put so much pressure on ourselves to try and change to better ourselves that it just becomes too much that we don't end up doing it. Oh if that yeah, makes yeah, sense. yeah. Um, but you know, simple things like uh, having a soak in the bath for twenty minutes if you can. Yep. That's that's amazing and set you up for a good night's sleep. And um, there's so many different things on YouTube that you can listen to now. Um, even just 10 minutes. I think like what we was just saying at the beginning, um, when you think, oh, I've got to do an hour's yoga, an yeah. hour session, an hour. Why an hour? Yeah. If you can just do 10 minutes, do 10 minutes. Yeah. That's still something. Yeah. Um, so maybe you could get up an extra 10 minutes earlier than you normally would and listen to some mindfulness via YouTube. Yeah. yeah. Do that. Yeah. Or, or just do some gentle moving maybe try and meditate. There's loads of guided meditations you can do, 10 minute things, and then yeah. maybe try and do the same again in the evening. Um, and another thing that I've just started doing, which I'm really enjoying, is getting out walking. Yeah. I really love it, the fresh air, and I actually wake up now and look, get excited about going out for my walk. Um, you know, it's something that's accessible to to most everyone. people. Yeah. yeah. And it's- it, it costs nothing. Absolutely. And it's it, getting some fresh air adds a whole different dimension to that physical exercise. You know, that that kind of being out in, if you can get somewhere relatively natural, obviously we're lucky both living in Devon, you know, because we've got mm. so so many nice areas around us. But um, if you're in the middle of a city, if you can get yourself to a, to a park or even just near some trees and just having that kind of connection with your surroundings a little bit more, again, it can mm. give you that, that off button just for a, a few minutes. Yeah, definitely. 
I think that what you were saying about the uh, the the things that are available on YouTube, for example, and there's some great apps as well, which will give you like guided meditations and and mindfulness things, and also just breathing exercises. You can find just yeah. you know really simple breathing exercises. I think there's um, calm and Headspace. I yeah, those are the two I've heard, heard of before. as well. Yeah. Yeah, and I think they're free. You don't have to pay for them. I think. Or yeah, I think they've got like free. a free a free version and a paid yeah. a paid version of both of those. Um, Fitbit as well. So a lot of people have got Fitbits to track things like steps and stuff like that. Um, and I believe that even Fitbit are doing kind of they on some of the devices um, they've got breathing uh, breathing exercises and bits mm. and pieces like that, which are just guided with a simple kind of graphic of um, a spot that gets bigger and then smaller oh, okay. again. And you just yeah. follow it in terms of your breath. You breathe in as it gets bigger. And then That's as brilliant. it gets smaller again, you breathe out again. And it's just um, a real simple way. Because when, when you're focusing on that, when you're thinking about breathing, you're not thinking about all the shit that's stressing you out, are you? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, if you can find a guided one, maybe. Because some people, like myself, we have busy minds. So yeah. we're talking in our head while we're trying to do something else. Yeah. So if you can find... Yeah, I feel you know. that. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I relate to that. So if you can find um, maybe someone that's talking you through it, Yes. Then it's it's even better. And yeah, so just try and do a bit of breathing every day. Yeah. It's, and what you said about those kind of sh- short bits, like 10 minutes in the morning or maybe 10 minutes before bed and things like that, that really kind of ties in with what I, what I really try and get people to do, which is like you said, just small stuff. Don't overwhelm. Uh, you know, if you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed already, then telling yourself that you've got to find an hour, an extra hour per day to do some kind of yoga or self-care of some kind you know it's going to stress you out more and what we're trying to do is the complete opposite of that we're trying to give you and especially with the way that the world is now anything's overwhelming i had a little meltdown on friday myself jay um just got completely overwhelmed with everything you know and i had to take myself away from it all and um yeah i did did some yoga did some mindfulness did some breathing and and did some meditation and i felt fine after that um (laughs) But I think in people, the time, it's you're not. And it, it, it's not nice feeling that way, is it? No, not at all. And I think what people need to understand is that the people that they are taking advice from or the kind of the instructors, the coaches, the the experts are A lot still, of us are teaching from experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They're, and they're still dealing with it. Nobody has it all figured out. And I tell you what, if, if, if you're ever speaking to a coach or a, an instructor or a yogi who claims to have it all figured out they're lying they are lying (laughs) and you need to run a mile run Run a mile absolutely (laughs) because if someone genuinely either they're either they're lying consciously or unconsciously there is no no there's no other uh possibility there they either know that they haven't got it figured out and they are deliberately lying to you or even more dangerously they genuinely think they've got it all figured out (laughs) and if you think that right if you think you you've got it figured out then you cannot progress if you already think you know everything you're not going to learn anything else because you're you're Life in your is mind one you're big done learning curve, isn't it? yeah 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 no i think it's i think it's uh, more and more people are being more kind of open about their challenges and their struggles and i think that that can only be a good thing i think people in positions where they are giving advice and and sharing mm. ideas the more they can be open about hey look i still yeah. have really bad days i still struggle with this that and the other but i'm working on it and this is this is how i'm yeah. working on it and That's i think it's really good powerful. people can reach out more as well now you know um i put something on my social media on friday um and said that i was really struggling with things and blah 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 um and it was really nice, the support that I got back, the yeah. messages that I got, 
in on my inbox and then the comments on the post that I put, it was overwhelming. Yeah. Um, but it was nice, but it was sad, but nice to see um, just how many people could relate to what I was going through. Yeah. Uh, because they, they're going through it themselves. And it's always the people, um, the big bubbly people with the big smiles that are always helping everyone else. It's, it's, it's us, isn't it, that, yeah. that do tend to struggle the most. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that can be that can definitely be the case. I think it's everyone is everyone is as is equally as susceptible to these things. And mm. um the the people who look like they've got it together, they're just as they're they're just as likely to be struggling as anyone else but yeah mm. i think it i think it is nice that we are connected in that way i think that uh, the, this year would have been much more challenging for people had they had we not had the technology that we have now i yeah. think that i think that it would have been very very difficult uh, because i think that if we social... were still sat at home with dial up yeah 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 or, <laughs> yeah modem going you can't use the phone at the same time god those were the days um but yeah even before that even before msn messenger and <laughs> then like if if you were thinking about this in you know 50 years ago 50 years ago this would have been a whole different scenario or 100 years ago or 200 years ago if you i mean obviously there's so many variables there but imagine imagine going through lockdown but not having the ability to see your friend's face mm. do you know what i mean like that's mm. even that alone is is a relatively recent change whether we've had phones but now we've got video calls and we can we can see people's facial expressions a lot of that a lot of our communication isn't verbal is it it's through facial expressions yes we can't see the body language as much as we could mm. in person but we're connected now and as long as it's used because you know social media and and technology has ups and downs it has it can be it depends on how it's used but if we use that tool to stay connected to people in these times which are which are very challenging and reach out and offer support and ask for support then it's a hugely powerful tool yeah for sure how uh, how are you finding um the whole mask situation because i tell you something i uh, never realized how much i lip read people because I think I'm ah, right. like people are talking to me and I'm like, what? I'll be honest, mate. I'll, I'll be honest. I've, I've barely gone out that oh, really? much. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've been out outdoors where most people aren't wearing masks, but into, I haven't been into, I haven't been into any shops um, oh, okay. since March. Uh, I've been into, I went to the local brewery, which is just, um, just near my house where they've got like a tap room and I've been there, but most of that was outdoors. I went indoors once, um, but then obviously you're wearing a mask to go in, but then not when you're sat down, whatever that's all about. But the, um, yeah, I really haven't kind of come across it that much because I've been, I've been hiding away, um, Mm to 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 the nth degree really so yeah it's not something that i've uh, it's not something that i've come come uh, up against myself but i think that that's the thing it's not just the lip reading itself but it's also the facial expressions like you said if you've got half of your face covered you can't see whether someone's smiling or it's really difficult yeah but it's it's an adjustment and this is the thing right any change is is hard to deal with there's certain changes which are outside our control but what what we can do is 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 focus on adjusting and developing change is the only constant right change will continue whether it's the stuff that's happened this year where we've had a lot of change all at once or whether it's more gradual and the the origin of species the 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 charles darwin um thing about evolution when we talk about natural selection and often people say survival of the fittest 
But what fittest means in that context is those most adaptable to change. And so mm. when we're talking about how fit we are to cope with 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 life, it's to do with being adaptable to change. It's not to mm. do with being rigid and not being able to change as things around us change. It's about being able to go, right, how how can I adapt to to um to best cope with and thrive within these new circumstances mm-hmm. to be honest mate i think this is going to be a good place to wrap it up so if people listening wanted to find you online and see what it is you're up to what are the best places to find you uh so i'm on facebook and instagram massage yoga therapy and um i have a website so it's www.massageyogatherapy.co.uk awesome uh, everything's on there Fab. What I'll do as well is I will put the links to your Instagram, to your Facebook, to your website. I'll put them in the podcast episode description. So if anyone is what uh, anyone is listening to this on uh, on Anchor or on Spotify, there will be clickable links in the description so you can check out what Emily is doing. Um, if you're listening on Apple, then those links will not be clickable because I don't know why it just doesn't work like that. So you'll have to just go and search her out. Um, Emily, thank you so much for jumping on and having this conversation with me today. I've really enjoyed it. Um, And yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me, Jay. Cheers. Speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Fit Body, Fit Mind with me, Jay Unwin. If you aren't already connected with me on LinkedIn, Instagram or Facebook, then you can find all the links in the podcast description or on my website at fitbodyfitmind.online. Until next time, stay fit, stay well and have fun.